He's very, very famous. Oh, okay. His nickname is Celebrity of Celebrities. If North Korea is something you're interested, definitely stay tuned. Welcome to What Should I Watch? A podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. You don't necessarily see America as friends with South Korea. Friends with benefits or <laughs> frenemy, somewhere in between. People didn't know there was a country called Korea. And I'm sure their parents were like, what? Where are you going to? Where are you deployed to? Right. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. This is What Should I Watch? I'm your host, T. And here is my almost becoming a weekly guest, Grant. Hello. Hello, T. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, Grant's a little sick today, so... Appreciate you joining on a day that you're not feeling you hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, mainly the voice is going to be a little uh, a little different than what people are used to. So thank you, listener. Yeah, he took a work trip and got sick, working too much. Yeah, I'm sick of work. <laughs> and sick, I'm sick and sick of work. <laughs> I'm actually excited to have uh, to be here because uh, I was wanting to have a conversation with you about you know, a new show, and um, so, yeah, it's actually a good thing. And you're about to go on another work trip, so it's yeah. good to have something, some distraction, right? Yeah, I think my go-to is television before and after after work on a trip, because it's nothing else to do, so. You know, speaking of a show, I covered DP with you on my 34th episode. Yeah. And I mentioned that the second season's coming out soon. Right. And I literally just saw an article a few days ago. It said um, Netflix finalizing the premiere date, or is it's finalized the premiere date of the second season of DP. Wow, that's and crazy. I, yeah, and they released a poster too. So I saw the poster. Um, and apparently it's coming out on July 28th. Okay. So that's soon. Yeah, it's about a, a month. Is it the same cast, same guy? Yeah, same guy. That's so those great. two guys are on the on the hunt for the what do you call it? defector? Yeah, yeah, defector police. Yeah, that's so, yeah, great. DP is coming out. If you have not listened to my DP episode, it's episode number thirty-four. Uh, we cover the. Really interesting Korean show about Korean military service. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it because BTS had to go also. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Is it uh, called DP2? DP Season 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we we had that other North Korean show, right? Crash Landing the, into You? Yeah, the very first one. That was the first episode? Yeah. Wow. So. I really don't want to listen to it right now because <laughs> it was very different. I the imagine quality was horrible. <laughs> I apologize. I think the content was good. Yeah, I was pretty ambitious, but yeah, 
I don't think I quite knew what I was doing. Wow, so 34 episodes in another military. Not that I know what I'm doing right now either, but yeah, you I think I'm better. <laughs> You're great. Yeah. So yeah, it's going on to almost a year now. Uh, we've covered Crash Landing on You in my very first episode. And it is actually the second most popular among all the other all the episodes that I have. Okay. So yeah, definitely a lot of interest in North Korea. So you need to have another show about North Korea, huh? Well, you know, I think just the word North Korea is very intriguing. Yeah. Right. So that's a good uh, a good thing. People want to click on it and, and listen. Yeah, and you know, it's been an intense couple of weeks talking about. Like monsters and <laughs> the sci-fi slash dystopian yeah. setting and getting gory. Uh, if you have not watched, uh, check out Sweet Home on Netflix. That's what Grant and I talked about in episode 37 and 38. And I usually mix comedy and something action thriller kind of stuff. So, you know, sweet salt kind of thing. Bacon and candy. Yeah, sweet, you get it? sweet and savory. Yeah, <laughs> so I try to mix it up a little bit, but this week we are going to have to talk about another intense story. Yay. And like Sweet Home, this is also a war story, but it's not an imaginary one. Okay. That's good because I'm at war with the sickness that I have, so <laughs> I think it goes well that I'm sick. I think my dog is on a war trying to get more treats <laughs> so, so it's been 73 years i get it she, so uh, yeah. it's been she's 73 years for more treats yeah like every little move i make she thinks i'm getting up to give her a treat <laughs> yeah i'm definitely winning this war on the sickness but i'm not quite out of it yet so it's interesting so we have we have what kind of war? Is it Korean War or Vietnam or yeah. World War Two? So June twenty fifth is coming up. It's about a week ahead, week out. Okay, a little less than a week. Yeah, that's right. And June twenty fifth is a special day for Koreans because that's when Korean War broke out. Oh, that's the start of the war. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, a lot of Koreans address, you know, the word Korean War. I think that's very like American or English. Yeah. A lot of Koreans address Korean War as 625. Gotcha. So that's basically... They just say 625, yeah. the date. Right. Yeah. What year was that? 1950. Wow. So that's five... It started five years after the World War II was over. 45, I think, right? So World War II, that's what, that's what we call it. What do they call that in um, Korea? Yeah, in Koreans say World War II, War II? in Korean yeah. War. Yeah. So then... For Koreans, I mean, the World War II doesn't have as much importance in, because right. we were dealing with something, you know, kind of what Jewish people went through. Right. So So you guys were kind of liberated from the Japanese Imperial Army. Right. Around 45. Right. So at that point, you have five years to, I don't know try to figure out how to be a country again and then you go to Korean War but I guess it never really stopped huh yeah so you just kind of 
quickly summarize what we're going to talk about today. Oh. So, in memory of Korean War, and many soldiers died, um, I'm going to cover something about Korean War this week. I was driving uh, the other day and I saw a billboard about hate against Jewish people. And it said, basically said, um, the gas chamber happened only 78 years ago. So, you know, talking about Jewish hate is not an overreaction. That's what the billboard said. Right. And that totally made me think about what happened in Korea through Japanese imperialism and the Korean War. Right. I mean, it feels a long ago, but it really isn't like just, you know, less than 100 years ago. It's still, you know, still pretty fresh. Right. Well, and it it wasn't um, it wasn't a quick like few four or five years. It was right. You know, Japan occupied Korea for what like thirty, 30 years. 30 yeah, years? a little over thirty Almost years. Forty years, yeah. close to forty years. Right. That's a lot. Yeah, and um, Korean War happened. Korean War was going on for over three years, and that all happened all together during the same time period. So yeah. it really scarred a lot in Korean history and to Koreans. Um, I mean, my generation, you know, still has grandparents who went through both. Like my grandparents went through both, both Japanese colonization and Korean War. So I grew up listening to the stories and, you know, maybe the younger generation who are now, you know, in high schools or like 20s. Those Gen Z's. Is it Gen Z or MZ? I don't know. What are you? Are I don't you, know all the, all the X, alphabets. Right? I don't know. I don't know the alphabets. Like <laughs> the, all the generation alphabets. I, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I was I hoping you would know. That's why I asked. Maybe that tells me what generation <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, uh, someday maybe I'll look that up and figure it out. But, but basically you, because of where, how you grew up, you, it touched your, you know, your culture when you were young, right? Yeah. And, it was a part of your life. Right. And I still feel, I mean, I... I feel like I am indirectly related to the those both historical event. Right. But I think maybe the younger generations um, have different feelings. Maybe for them, it feels like Renaissance or something, you know? Yeah. And again, like, I don't live there, so I don't know what the sentiment is. But I know overall Korea still hold a lot of uh, events and memorial service for Korean War and all the important dates yeah. related to Japanese time. Right. Yeah. For all the veterans and uh, all the people who have family that were still affected by it. Yeah. So if North Korea is something you're interested, definitely stay tuned. We are going to cover some of the historical events happened and some of the hypothetical events that might may happen in the future or hopefully not happen so i have a question yeah is there is this a television show that we're talking about good question so that's one thing i'm really kind of like sad about or feel a little weird about so i look through so many korean shows yeah and it looks like in the 90s, early 90s, there were a couple of Korean dramas, like a TV series yeah. that were like based on or set around that time, like uh, Korean War or at the end of Japanese time. Right. And, 
segue into Korean War. But now I can't find anything, any Korean series like that, set in during that time. Although, interestingly, now there are more movies set around that time. Oh, okay. Korean movies that go, go over that stuff. Yeah. So, since this episode is a special episode, I want to say it's a special episode because we're talking about Korean War. So, I made an ex- exception to talk about Korean movie instead of Yay. TV series. Cool. Wasn't there... So there was that show. Did we do that show? Where they... Um, I can't remember the name now, but... It was like the start of how the Japanese started to occupy. And it was the Revolutionary Army. And it had those great actors. I mean, that's Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, Mr. Sunshine. Did we cover that? Did we go over that? No, we didn't, right? Okay. Okay, so it's not a TV show. It's a movie. Um, Where can I watch this movie? What is it called? All the good questions. It's called Steel Rain. Steel Rain. That sounds great. And it's on Netflix. Okay, and this is about the Korean War or about the time before and after? It's set in the current time or 2017. Okay. So it's continued. The story is continued from Korean War and into a hypothetical situation. Okay, so maybe what happened if something didn't change, didn't go the way it did? Something like that. Okay, that's interesting. What are some Korean, what are some movies or TV series you can think of about North Korea? Um, well, just the ones we talked about. And The King also. Oh, yeah. Because um, that goes, that tells you the story about how this is what might have happened if, right. you know, oh, um, yeah. if Korea, I guess, had it won turned the war. Monarch. Yeah. Yeah, and pushed the Japanese away and they became a strong country and... That was a cool kind of fantasy play oh, yeah, on, yeah. on, you know, it would still be a kingdom with a parliament and all that. So right. that was really neat. Right. Um, I don't, I haven't seen many movies about North Korea or shows, actually. You ever watched the interview? Uh, yeah, that's right. The interview. I did watch that. <laughs> that um, had the guy from Off the Boat. Oh, yeah, that was it. He, uh, he was the North Korean. Yeah. He was Kim Rendell Jong-un. Park. Yeah. I think that's his or, name, Rendell Park. Uh, yeah, maybe that's correct. Yeah. And he was in that um, oh Al- Ali Wong movie recently on Netflix. Well, Ali Wong. Oh, yeah. He was the her, maybe the love or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, always be my maybe. Yeah. That, yeah, um, that's Rendell Park, I believe. Yeah. So the interview, but that was James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah. That got all that controversy around it when it first came out. And if I remembered correctly, North Korea tried to like hack into Universal or something. Remember that, like Warner Brothers or something. Yeah, there was a whole big to do with that. Like North Korea got really upset about that. Yeah, and, yeah. And then there was issues with uh, they weren't going to do the movie, and then they they ended up doing it on the internet, or I, I don't know. It was, yeah. it was crazy. I'm, I'm not sure why it was such an issue, but it must have upset the North Korean government. I mean, also think about all the like underwater work they had to go through with the lawyers and all the whatever like you know they had to look into if they could actually make a movie about it and right i'm sure there was something like that yeah that we don't know about like you know yeah, the production to co- team to cover all yeah you have to cover all your bases there yeah i think um at that time too it seems like there was a lot of interest in you know north korea and, and there still is obviously. well also because like i think it was around that time that 
uh, Rodman went to That's North right. Korea, and Rodman so there was like a whole thing. Like, yeah. And they they taught they had basketball in that movie too. Yeah. So I think he maybe mentioned it. That was before Trump went. Yeah. And Moon. Trump and Moon. So yeah, North Korea is you know just the word North Korea is very controversial and also mysterious. Very mysterious. So I'm gonna dissect North Korea and what happened in the summer of 1950. I feel like I should insert some music right there. What kind of music? Just like dun 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 dissection. Like you're gonna tear apart some frog. Or like um, what's that? The X file music. Yeah, that'd be good. Dun, 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 but it kind of, yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's good. That's a bad like. Kind of feels like, like Mission Impossible too, maybe. That's a. No, that's that's not Mission. No, and now I don't remember. I had it, but then you, <laughs> when you sang that, it messed it up. Oh, that's awful. So and sorry. Pink Fender. I'm gonna blame it on the war with the sickness. Mission Impossible is. Oh God, I don't remember now. Never mind. So North Korea one on one. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially Americans, don't really understand the full story of, you know, how North Korea became North Korea. Right, and, and and their big part in it, you know, why like even Korea is divided, and yeah. really what happened, and what is really happening, and yeah. So yeah, I want to cover some of that, and and how important, you know. I mean, it's important for Americans because America is the country. Very deeply involved in yeah. this situation. They're, yeah. they're the reason. So it's good. So I'm just going to jump right into the story and then we'll talk about what happened really and what can happen. Great. Om Cheo is an agent of the North Korean Special Affairs Department. One day, Lee Taehan, the head of the Reconnaissance General Bureau, tells him that a group seeking North Korea's top leader is planning a coup in collusion with China. He orders Choi to assassinate the traitors at the Kaesong Industrial Complex, where a big event will be held soon. Meanwhile, on the south side, the presidential election was recently held, and Kwak Choi senior presidential secretary for foreign affairs, receives an intel about suspicious moves within the North Korean military. On the D-Day, Om Chol-woo goes to Gaesong and is waiting for Park, the head of the Guard General and the leader of the coup. It is a celebration event for a Chinese business to enter the industrial complex and many civilians are mobilized. While the North Korean leader appears among the crowd, the coup leader, General Park, is not showing up. But at the same time, a coup breaks out in Pyongyang and gains control of the military power. The North Korean coup forces in Kaesong use multiple rocket launchers taken from the U.S. military and fire shots into the event area. A sea of fire is formed and many civilians are massacred on the spot. While hiding, Chol spots 
North Korean leader and flees a scene with them avoiding the coup soldiers who are trying to confirm the death of the leader. Chol Woo sees that the leader is badly wounded and loads him into a car to head towards South Korea with other Chinese who are evacuating. When the news is reported to South Korea, President Lee and President-elect Kim are having a meeting. Since the two come from different political parties, the reactions are also completely different. The President-elect Kim gives permission to open the borders and take in the refugees. North Korean Chol Woo comes to South Korea and breaks into a small OBGYN clinic for first aid to the North Korean leader. Seeing Chol Woo's uniform and the leader, the doctor is frightened. And after simple treatment, she tells Chol Woo that the leader must be transported to a bigger hospital to treat cranial wounds. While she calls her colleague to arrange a secret surgery for the leader, she also calls 911 to report the situation. The South Korean special forces show up and subdue North Korean Chol Woo and take custody of North Korean leader. Soon, North Korea coup forces break the armistice and declare war on South Korea. Not only the two Korean presidents who are about to go through the change of their power, but the US, China, and Japan are trying to solve the case with different intentions. The video call between the South Korean Security Council and the US Secretary of the State takes place. And the US Secretary of State says that he plans on preemptive strikes by nuclear bombing. It is reported that preemptive attacks are the best solution when predicting the number of casualties and the cost of restoration. But the president-elect Kim opposed the attack, let alone the nuclear bombing. He insists that a war should always be the last resort. However, the U.S. says that it was the current President Lee who asked for a nuclear attack. And he adds that there are 36 hours to make the decision. Wow, this is very exciting. Actually, I'm. Pretty, I thought I thought excited. you were gonna like the story. Yeah. <laughs> so they have 36 hours to figure this out, basically, right? Right, based on, on whatever calculation, military calculation, yeah. the danger, and you know, predicted whatever is gonna happen. So they said the decision has to be made within 36 hours. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack. You have, essentially, you're talking about North Korea and China, together, kind of, right? Right. But China always has its own ideas in mind, anyway. Maybe. Right. But they are supporting and with North Korea. And then you have Japan and America that are with South Korea. Baljo, Japan probably has its own motives. <laughs> exactly. Even though they always say they're friends of America. Well, also, technically, America is not really friends right. with Korea. I mean, they are, but they aren't. With South Korea? Yeah. Huh. Okay, so you don't necessarily see America as friends with South Korea. So why is that from the past? I think it's like friends with benefits or <laughs> frenemy, somewhere in between. Right. So we have to look into why Korean War even happened in the first place. Right. So that was 
after World War II, uh, General McCarthy, right? Ooh, you're pretty smart. He, like, was basically using South Korea as a proxy to kind of go after, what, China and Russia? Right. So, personally, I like the website Quora. Quora. <laughs> uh, if you go there, like, there are a lot of sources and posts of explaining why Korea was divided instead of Japan, unlike what happened in Germany. Okay. So when you think about what happened after World War II, Germany was divided. Right. For the same reason. Yeah, Russia... Think it's, it's rational for Japan to be divided, but it was Korea that got divided. Right. Okay. So because they took over, basically they bombed Japan and it's like Japan was the, you know, imperial aggressor. So they should have been broken up. Right. Between China and the U.S. So, yeah, we have Maybe. to look into like what really happened That's towards the end of World War II. I never thought about that before. Right. So there was a Tehran conference in 1943. And do you know who met in Tehran? Uh, Tehran? Iran? Yeah. Um, who met? Like what countries? Yeah. Um, I don't know. History 101, world history. Russia, China, South Korea. Oh, close. No, no South Korea. I mean, South Korea is under Japan at the oh, okay. time. So. so it was Japan? So it was Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, yeah. Stalin, and yeah. Churchill. Okay. Well, that's the, so the that's big the three allied, powers. That's the allied powers. Well, n- yeah. I mean, because that was before ish. Russia was, was bad. Right. Russia was helping America and Great Britain. Right. So they met and they talked about their military strategy against Germany and right. Japan. And they made a, several important decisions concerning the post-World War II. And this is important because, you know, when you think about the show, The Man in the High Castle. Yeah. I haven't seen that. But It's basically Germany and Japan. The whole world is divided into two, yeah, right? Yeah, they, t- they ended up winning the war and right. they took over the land. So the America's divided. And right. So, yeah. Um, that's a hypothetical situation if things didn't go... <laughs> the right, way they did, yeah. quote unquote, right? So they talked about some stuff, and like you said, that's before Stalin and the Russia became again, quote unquote, bad. Yeah, they needed Stalin's help, but at the same time, he totally screwed them. <laughs> you know, they, right. they they probably kind of thought he would, but they also were like, "Oh no, he's he's cool." But right. they, yeah, it just blew up immediate, almost immediately after. So yeah, World War II ended in 1945, and Korea was freed from Japan the same day, and which is coming up. It's August 15th. That's you know basically July 4th for Koreans. For Koreans, but August what? August 15th. 15th. Okay. So July or June 25th and August 15th. Right. So Those are two important dates in Korean history. So like you said, basically Korean War can be seen as a proxy war during the Cold War because after Korea's liberation from Japan in 1945, two separate governments were established on the Korean Peninsula. And they are Soviets and the United States. And it's because basically here's a country that was under colonization for 30, 40 years. Right. So they need to help. I mean, a lot of people died from hunger. Right. 
and the country was basically, you know, just, ravaged. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing. No resources. So they jumped in. Okay, let's help or slash take advantage of this situation. So the U.S. and Soviets came, and what they did was so um, in nineteen fifty five years after line, World War II ended, the and Soviet Caroline. Union and the U.S. drew the line in the middle the of while, Korea. Right? No, this is after liberation, before Korea War War even happened. Oh, okay, gotcha. Good, good question. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it's getting a little like a little nerdy here, but so basically, World War Two ended, and then Korea was ravaged. So the two countries came and draw a line in between, like, "Hey, let's help this country, but you take care of this part, I take care of this part." Soviet Union took the north part, the U.S. took the south part, and they were trying to do something, but wasn't going well. So they kept fighting. So, yeah. some so basically, have you're, you're right, it's, it's like a password, so the U.S. Later. and Russia was trying to do something with Korea, and because their ideology didn't line up, aka Cold War. Right, which is about communism. I'll get communism. back to this a little later. Right. I mean, America was scared of communism, so anywhere they saw communism, they were fighting, they were trying to fight, fight it. Right. Which also happened in Vietnam and all that stuff. Right. So in 1950, five years after World War II ended and Soviet Union and the U.S. drew the line in the middle of Korea, um, they said it's 4 a.m. on June 25th. North Korea invaded South Korea with their army. And, you know, here it's kind of controversial because, you know, they said North Korea like out of nowhere, invaded South Korea one day on June 25th. Okay. But like other many historical events, there are different views, different records of right. what really happened. So some historians have different opinions, but they said that North Korea, at the time, they had a stronger army than South Korea because they were getting help from Soviets and, right. you know, and then Korea, because of that, initially Korea was South Korea was pushed all the way down to Busan, which is like its southernmost part. Right. And that's also why when you go to Busan now, there are a lot of North Koreans oh, like okay. who lost their hometown. Gotcha. Like they're like a little town of North Koreans living in Busan. Huh. So they were pushed all the way down to Busan, but then UN uh, United Nations forces came and they helped, so they pushed all the way back up to North Korea, close to China border. Right. And then after that, it was like kind of going back and forth, fighting for three years. So it was the Korean War three years long? Yeah. In 1953, they said, okay, you know what, let's just take a break. Right. It can't go on forever. Let's stop. And I do want to mention that, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about how many soldiers died in this country. Because Korea was like, people didn't know there was a country called Korea. Right. Like a lot of people, even like America, when America joined the war, they're like, what? Where are you going? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about some 19-year-old boy or 20-year-old pretty young man joining the war. 
And I'm sure their parents were like, "What? Where are you going to? Where are you deployed to?" Right. Yeah, it's true. So yeah,、um, including myself, I'm sure a lot of Koreans are very grateful and thankful.、Um, it is said that there are 16 countries fought in the Korean War under the under the United Nations flag, and six other countries came for medical aid. So total, twenty-two countries were in the Korean War, and all fighting against basically Russia and North, Russia, North, North Korea, North China. Korea. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think they had a lot of trust. The American people had trust in the military because of World War Two. World War Two was a solidifying moment for the country of America because. We weren't going to get in the war. It was a technically a European war, right? Right, and then when we did get in, you know, we ended up winning. So、right. it became a very prideful thing, and our military, our whole country, you know, all of these companies just turned into a military machine. We started、yeah. the the cars. They stopped building cars. They started making weapons. Yeah, weapons. Yeah.、Um, even the even Hollywood. They stopped making films. A lot of the great directors made films for about the war. You know,、right. it was just all the women working and the men were going off to war. So once we won and we came back from that, if they were saying, "Okay, now we have to go to Korean War,"、mm-hmm. they might not know what it is, but there was a lot of trust at、right. that at that point. You know, you made a good point because I was going to mention this guy, I.F. Stone. Have you ever heard of him? Um, I don't think so. So. Like five minutes ago, when I mentioned, it's unclear whether it really was North Korea invasion or, or some, Korea. something else.、It's、something else, yeah. So there's this very famous historian. His name is I.F. Stone, and what he insisted was that、um, he published a couple, several books actually, and he said、uh, America had a lot of military power at the time, and sending some troops and continuing the war, which they did in the Europe to Korea. Was not a problem. It was、right. just a little side gig. Yep. So he was saying that U.S. could definitely stop Korean War, and they didn't. So he published some book、uh, analysis report back in the day, and he said that basically when he looked at the official data from the U.S. and the United Nations, it did not make sense at all. And he said the U.S. government's claim that. The government had never expected the outbreak of the war, Korean War, was false.、Uh-huh. And he said the U.S. or South Korea had done nothing to prevent Korean North Korea's invasion, even though they knew it was imminent. And what's interesting is, so he was the first guy who brought up this theory, right? Like they know it's kind of it reminds me of nine nine eleven. Right. Like the government knew about it, but they didn't do anything. You know. Gotcha. So it sounds like kind of conspiracy theory, but then there's another famous historian. His name is Bruce Cummings. If you're interested、uh, in, you know, any of these historical events or war history, I think these two figures are worth checking out. I. F. Stone and Bruce Cummings. Bruce Cummings. He is.、Uh, he specializes in modern history, modern Korean history specifically. And contemporary intentional relations. He's、cool. also pretty famous in Korea. I think he's also married to a Korean woman. Nice. <laughs> But、um, yeah, he's a former chair of the history department at the University of Chicago.、Um, 
he's very notable history and and he kind of continued from IF Stone's theory and um and added his own theory. But I think what they're saying is that it's not an overnight invasion from North Korea. They were saying during those years, right? Um, there Think were small little were fight around that 38th parallel line. Right. And then North Korea was like, you know what, just stop poking me. Like, I'm just going to go like invade because you guys keep like provoking us. Right. And they were preparing for the war. So there was no way that U.S. did not know about this, especially if it involved Soviets and China, because you had U.S. had a lot of intel on those countries. So either they didn't care, right? They're just like, oh, well, that's in Korea. We don't really care. Because you also mentioned that if they had kind of gone all out and said, okay, we're just going to take all this over, they would have sent more forces and like really, you know what I mean? Instead of just a little side thing. Oh, I'm just going to send a few people over to guard shit, you know, and not really like, not really do what needs to be done. Right. But yeah, that's a lot of information on what happened in Korea and back in the day. But I think it's important um, to talk about in order to talk about this movie. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. So these two historians kind of maybe looked at it and said if the American army was more committed, or not army, but... Government. If the the American forces were more committed, they may have been able to just, you know, take over the country. Right. Well, I think also two have slightly different opinions, but what they have in common is that basically America knew about it and either because they didn't have enough time to stop the Soviets right. or they didn't care enough. Yeah. Um, they didn't, st- but they didn't stop the war. Okay. They had the resources. They knew about it. Right. the idea. It wasn't like a surprise. Right. That's the main thing. Okay. Right. And also there, I think it's interesting that, you know, Koreans say North Korean invasion. That's a term that... South Koreans say, okay. or like I grew up using, right. like when you learn history, they invaded like the South Korea. North Korea's invasion. That's right. a term, right? But apparently, North Korea they say the opposite. They say South <laughs> Koreans' invasion. <laughs> so oh, it man. reminds me how you know these historical events, especially war, it's always remembered or recorded differently. Depends yeah. on you know who you're talking about who you from what point of view you're talking about you know in america you say vietnam war right right if you're talking to vietnamese people yeah they say american war yeah it's different word yeah well it's kind of like uh ukraine and russia right now right yeah you know what are what are people going to say about that in 10 or 20 years right russia's invading it but they said it's our country anyway you know right always has been we're just taking it back <laughs> yeah and same thing with uh how korea is in addressed so yeah. in english maybe there not be any different you just say south korea north korea right but in korean words you say as in like south korea south republic of of korea but then north koreans address south korea as South Chosun. Oh, really? Almost like, yeah. Because oh, Korea was Chosun basically before it became right. Republic of Korea by the U.S. government's help, right? So right. 
they kind of say South Chosun. Hmm. So it's a different word, yeah, and makes you think about, like, you know. Yeah, it's important. How accurate the history is, what we learn now as we learn different historical events. Right. But basically, in summary, I think it's what's important here is that Korea did not just all of a sudden hated each other and say, like, <laughs> We're done. I'm yeah. going north. You stay down here. It didn't happen on our own. Right. Like, you know, Korea didn't just all of a sudden, like, you know what? I hate you. Let's just draw a line here. Like, kind of like when you're in school, like you right. draw a line on the table or draw desk. Draw a line and, in the sand. And then, like, don't come over here. Right. So, yeah, it is kind of sad that Korea is divided by the outer force. I thought about this analogy when I thought about Korean War, how to explain this in short. Yeah. Without going into all the details, although I did end up going into all the <laughs> nerdy details. So, let's say there's siblings, right? Okay. And they're like babies. Yeah. And they were left at orphanage. And the orphanage turned out to be a horrible, very abusive place. Yeah. But then the siblings grew up in the, that orphanage, and then the government found out about the orphanage, so they shut it down. Right. And then the government sent the siblings to two different foster homes. Right. And one foster home turned out, turned out to be very right-wing kind of families. <laughs> and the other foster home was very left-wing type of home. Right. And so the two siblings grew up in a completely two different political environment. Yeah, that's good. And it had nothing to do with their own decision. And yeah, and when they try to meet again as an adult and try to get along, they just can't. Right. It's like one became California hippie and the other became <laughs> like, you know. Florida conservative. Well, I think right now Florida is probably the most right, yeah, right Florida, wing. Yeah, and, and Texas, parts of Texas. Yeah. But uh, yeah, California is definitely left wing. So that's a great analogy because... Yeah, those siblings, there's nothing wrong that they did. Right. <clears throat> they were just swept away by these events happened along their childhood and... They're a product of their circumstances, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. That's a good lesson just to know. Like, we all are what we're born into, you know? Right. So how can the siblings get along now as an adult? I don't know. But my question is, does the movie start now and talk about what could happen? Yeah. Into the and future? in fact, this analogy is exactly what the movie is talking about. Okay. Obviously, they don't understand each other, right? So They don't understand each other, but they do want to get along. Right. Because they're family. Right. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so we've got some nice background on the setup here. You know, just to understand where we are and why why we are where we are as far as the North Korean, South Korean conflict. Yeah. So the movie, you already mentioned uh, there's like a coup. There's some things happening. So after all these years of having some stability and talking a lot about each other, right? Right. And just really kind of pushing buttons, but nothing ter too <laughs> terrible really happening. I mean, there has been incidents, right? Yeah. There's been things that were blamed and people died. And, yeah. 
but for the most part, it hasn't been all out war. So this movie, based on what you said, is going to be like, hey, this is the start of an all out war, or we're going to deal with our stuff right now because it's all on the table. And you're talking about nuclear weapons, so yep. that's life or death, obviously, right. for a lot of people. And that's very current topic, because that's what's happening. I mean, just about a month ago, two months ago, North Korea shooted, I mean, they said it's satellite. Yeah. But who knows what else was going on, and maybe that was cover-up or something else they yeah. did. And You've got, yeah, them shooting missiles and things, and you've got China with... You know, spy things coming over. You've got Russia yep. threatening nuclear. I mean, it's it's very real right now. It makes me think of there's a movie Oppenheimer by Christopher Nolan that's coming. Oh out. yeah, yeah. And he was talking about timing it with the current situation, right? And how relevant that story is today. So that was the first time that anyone ever used a bomb, right? And it was on Japan, and it was by the U.S. So we have a movie now that's saying, hey, this is what could happen, basically, right? Yeah. Um, so who are, are... Well, I'm curious, does the movie take a stand on one country's better than the other? No. Is it So it's kind of neutral? Yeah. It lets In fact, you, it, it lets doesn't really... Decide? Yeah, it doesn't really talk about which one's better. It doesn't okay. really touch on ideology. Okay, good. I like that. So you have... You probably have a character. It sounded like they were the same name. You have a character for the South and a character for the North that kind of yeah. are the protagonist. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point. And, in fact, I wasn't sure, like, how I should address it when I was writing the <laughs> summary because it's kind of confusing. So, coincidentally, the two characters in this movie, one from the South, he's the secretary for the Foreign Affairs, and the, the special agent from the North they have the same name and it means a lot in the movie that they have the same name because right. you know korea is you know monoethnic homogenous country there's no other country they use the same language same name uh same culture it's a very small country but it's the one and only country that has this one unique language culture custom and all the other stuff but when you think about North Korea, it's like a foreign country. Yeah. And there's this person that comes over and he has the same name. I mean, when you think of a Korean names, Korean names are very, like, it has its own, like, you know, feel to it when you hear a Korean name. Yeah. Right? You When you hear somebody's name, like, oh, he's probably Korean. You can right. tell it because, like, it's, it has a certain feel, right? Yeah, it's true. So there's this apparently, quote, unquote, foreigner and he has the same Korean name as the South Korean protagonist. Right. And he used the same language. And I mentioned a little bit about this in my first episode, Crash Landing on You, um, that it's very unique. It brings out certain feelings for South Koreans. Yeah. And it really kind of makes you realize, oh, yeah, they are really us. Like, yeah. we were really one big family. Right. So these these two characters from South and North, they have this exactly same name, kind of like you know your Grant, you meet some other Grant. Yeah. Actually, well, which you did on Instagram one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is a Canadian? And, yeah. Uh, also played music. So these two, like you use the analogy of the siblings, two foster care right. siblings, right? I mean, it's intentional that they have the same name. Exactly. They're showing yeah. you, hey, these are the same guy, just in different. 
you right. know, just grew up differently or whatever. But also, it's not a common name. It's not like Joseph or right. it's not Nick. It's kind of maybe uncommon, but not mm. super uncommon. Gotcha. Grant is pretty unique. I don't see yeah, that. Yeah, I think, Grant. yeah, Grant is also. So if you run into another Grant, I think that's yeah, probably usually, the situation. Yeah, it's usually like, oh, cool, like you're a Grant. Yeah. So the two meet, and they just have different last names. So one is like a, you know, Grant Smith, and the other one is Grant. One is a Park, and one is a Kim. Exactly, something like that. So I think that setup is very important. It really empathize that Korea is one big family. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, I guess not big family, small family. <laughs> one small, one big small family. Right. They have the same name. Do they look alike too? The actors? Yeah. Is no, it... they they don't look alike okay. at all. It's not the same actor playing both roles, right? This isn't a twin situation. Not at all. Okay, so it's just a uh, good, good like metaphor analogy of right. Yeah, brings your attention to it. That's just smart writing. But the guy who plays North Korean Grant, North yeah. Korean character, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's very, very famous. Oh, okay. His nickname is Celebrity of Celebrities. Wow, really? Yeah. That's a literally English translation of his Korean nickname. So he's like the most famous person in, in Korea? <laughs> he's the celebrity that all the celebrity wants to date. Oh, And okay. wants to act together. The and wants to be in something. all celebrities. Yeah, that's literally his nickname. So if he's in that movie, then people want to be in that movie. Right. If you get him, then you're it's good. Yeah. The thing is, he doesn't do a lot of stuff. Yeah. So he's 50 year old as of this year, and he made his debut in 1994. So it's been over 20 years, almost 30 years, and he's only done five TV series, Korean wow. dramas, and he's done more movies. movies. He's more of movie actors, but still, like he didn't do a lot of stuff. He's super tall. Very, very good looking. Um, I think he's like a mix of Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Wow. Because Tom Cruise is kind of short. Yeah. <laughs> but like old but still hot. <laughs> like I said, he's like celebrities of all celebrities. Yeah, that's crazy. So it was kind of, it was big news when this movie was announced that he's in it as a North Korean. And people were like, really? Could North Korean be that hot? <laughs> right. That's funny. Did... uh has he done anything else since? Since this movie? Yeah. Probably uh, not, huh? If he's that I kind of I don't reclusive. think so, yeah. I can't really think of anything. So, yeah, his name is Chong Woo-sung. You can look it up. Woo-sung Chong. And the guy who plays South Korean protagonist, his Korean name is Kwak Do-won. He's actually the same name as the other North Korean actor. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, the same age. Oh, the same age. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Same age. They're both 50-year-old. And he's he's done a lot of stuff. Like, his filmography like, goes on and on and on. Anything I would have seen these two guys in? No, I don't think. He's very, like, a, like actual, like, artist-actor type of guy. But he's like not Christian, in... Like Christian Bale kind of guy? Committed to uh, his work? Yes. I don't think I know enough about Christian Bale to say yes or no, but yes, he's a serious actor who's doing a lot of stuff. Very crafty, artsy acting. So yeah, he's not necessarily in like popular right. stuff. 
just projects that he likes and he takes on for whatever reason. Very serious stuff, yeah. Right. But yeah, they're both really good actors. So having those two in this important movie is a big deal. But here's a fun fact. So in the movie, they address supposedly Kim Jong-un as just North Korean leader. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to mention him. Yeah, so they never mentioned the name. So in, if it's 2017, based on, they literally say it's 2017 and the coup breaks out in North Korea in December. Right. So if it's 2017, it sh- definitely should be Kim Jong-un, but right. they don't say name. Huh. They don't even have like other pseudonym or anything. Well, they so they say... always address him like North Korean number one, huh. or they just say North Korean VIP. Gotcha. Or North Korean leader. Or... That's great. They don't use his name. Yeah. But, and you don't really see this, the Kim Jong-un actor supposedly Kim Jong-un actor. The only scene you see him is like when he's on the surgery, surgical bed. Like you see him like covered. After he's been wounded or they're not sure if he's dead. Yeah. So you see a little bit, like I think there are maybe like three scenes that you see this character. Does he look like him? You don't see the face. Oh, okay. You just see the body like covered under the the sheet, hospital sheet. That's great. But apparently the trivia is that he was cast, I still don't know who was this actor. It was probably a, like mm. almost like extra role, right? But on the trivia, it said the actor who was cast for this role was only because he had substantial belly fat, <laughs> right? And you do see that in the movie. Like there's this That's body great. like lying on the surgical bed, and then it has a big belly. That's great. Yeah, they, they said that was the only factor in casting to get the likeness. Of the actual Korean leader without actually using his name ever. Right. But yeah, they don't ever address his name or pseudonym. It's just North Korean number one. So when the two, Cheul, South Korea and North Korea, they address their own boss, they always address him, my number one. Right. That's how they address it. Gotcha. So South Korean number one is South Korean president. And then when North Koreans refer to his number one, it's supposedly Kim Jong-un. Right. So we have the two lead characters, the two protagonists, and mm-hmm. we're in this kind of, you know, neutral zone where we don't know which side is necessarily better or worse. So I'm wondering, um, how did this like f- start up all of a sudden? Was there something that happened um, in this movie? Like, how do they explain like the start of the war or whatever this is? Is it a war? Is it kind of the start of a war? It's not a war. It's just a, at least yet in the okay. movie because it's basically just battles. You know, There's a battle. North happening. Koreans in South Korea, like Kim Jong Un, right. is in South Korea and he's badly wounded. Right. And he has his special agent with him. Okay. And so in we... North Korea, it's told that they have coup there. Gotcha. So obviously the misinformation, which you would expect. Which is pretty accurate, right? You could, you could. Yeah, you could see how not, that would. Yeah, happen, you right? could see that could be mis- misinformation because nobody's actually there. Right. It's only they don't you know, know. Yeah. Plus, their information that they get from is always from their leader. Right. Uh, so they have him, and then I imagine there's an army that wants to go and take him back, or there's any battles going on, or like how did this all start? So movie really just starts with. This North Korean, it's set in North Korea in the beginning of the movie. Okay. So there's this family, Charu's family, special agent's family, and mm-hmm. he has a daughter, and his boss comes in, comes to visit him and say, like, you know, there will be a coup, or I heard there will be a coup. And 
this is the family. This is the North Korean soldiers that are against the coup. They are okay. supporting the current the leader. leader. Right. He's a part of that. So he wants to. He wants this guy, special agent, to assassinate the coup forces. Right. So that's the setup. So we don't know why. Well, I think it's very realistic right. set up because when Kim Jong Un took over the his position, he got rid of his brother. Yeah. In Philippines. Right. You you heard about that incident? Yeah, he was poisoned, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Like poisoned, but he was like shot poisoned. Yeah. So somebody like blew <laughs> kinda like a Native American way, like right. blew something into like his a blow neck gun, or something. Shot yeah. a dart in his neck. Yeah. And then poisoned. So he got rid of his uh brother, his half brother. So I guess they have different mothers. And he also got rid of a couple higher-ups in the right. military. That would have been against him. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's uh, understandable, as much as I could say understandable. Well, it's realistic, right? Because yeah. this guy, Kim Jong-un, he was 27 when he became the leader of North Korea. Right. And he's the third generation of the Kim family, yep. of this whole totalitarian government. Yeah. And... There were some of the older generations who started the, their career, military career with Kim Il-sung or right. Kim Jong-il. You know, they didn't believe this young guy who was, you know, who was educated in Switzerland. And, you know, they viewed him as somewhat progressive. Right. Now it turned out to be not at all Right. after all these years. Well, they were worried about him being different, right? Right. And so, they didn't want to lose what they had already created with the rest of the, the you know, the the father and the grandfather. Right. So, you know, historically speaking, the coup could have happened. Right. And I think Kim Jong-un was, you know, to give him a little credit, like maybe he was smart enough to go ahead and take care of that issue. Right. And also I think he showed that he's not different by taking care of those, like killing those people. Yeah. he. Sh- I mean, he showed... That he was going to use force to get what he wanted. And that was similar to his father and his grandfather. Right, right. So he ended up being a product of that. That's very much the godfather. <laughs> That's what happens. Like, the Michael Corleone is the son who's out of the business. He's, like, became a soldier. And he comes back in his family. And he's never been a part of the family, like, you know, oh. mafia. And he ends up being the one to be the leader oh. in the end. And he does it by killing off... And showing his power, and that's part of it. It's like when they tried to assassinate his father, he's the one that stepped up. So he took him by surprise. Oh, I didn't know that. So I this, never watched Godfather. Well, this guy, Un, I didn't... I had heard he was studied somewhere else, but I didn't realize... Like, how long was he in Switzerland? Like, four years? Three years? No, I think pretty much all his education was in Switzerland. Okay, so he speaks different languages? I mean, I'm sure, yeah, he speaks English, English and, and maybe, maybe German. some German and, like, yeah. And I'm sure he knows a little bit of Russian. So I don't when, know. So he came back and he was, like, he, I mean, he was always going to be the guy. Right. But. I mean, he has brothers. Right. But. He was kind of the one they picked, though. Right. And then uh, he just had to step into that role and do those things that you had to do. Right. It's crazy. So coup happened in the movie. And it really could have happened in the real situation. Right. If those, real world. you know, older generation really didn't approve him or they, if Kim Jong-un wasn't fast enough. <laughs> Basically, movie assumes that the coup actually happened. And I think it becomes an issue for 
South Korea and all the allies because, you know, if coup happens, we don't know now who we are fighting against, right? Right. Well, they want someone in there that's going to be sympathetic to the world and not just... Well, yeah, but also at the same time, they announced the war... Yeah, you don't know who the who the person is that you're fighting, right? Right. And on the top of that, after coup happened, the North Korean coup force, they announced the war against South Korea. Right. So that's why these countries, including South Korea, they have to consider preemptive attack on North Korea. Okay. So that's Does it make the, sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, you have to watch it, really. But yeah, it makes sense. So they have the leader... And now they're declaring war. And so the movie then takes off to show what would happen next. Right. And also, it's a really big deal if North Korean number one is in South Korea. Yeah. And you don't know if he's going to make it. Right. And imagine something happened and Putin is in D.C. (laughs) And Putin and his bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know who's going to do what or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. That's a good premise. Well, they can obviously accuse them of kidnapping the leader and killing him. That too, yeah. But I like that the movie is not just focusing on those political tensions. Because like I said, the setup that the two Koreans have the same name is really... It's a premise for the brotherhood, like the family, one nation sentiment. So they're taking it from like the people side, like how it affects the people. Right. Right. And that's something I haven't talked about. I briefly mentioned in my first episode, Crash Landing on You, what it means to have the nation divided. Right. Korea is, so far, Korea is the only existing country that's divided since Germany is united again right and because it hasn't really been only 78 years there are still people who are from north korea they literally lived in north korea when they were a kid right and haven't been able to go back so they lost their hometown they will never be able to return hopefully not never but they can't go back to their hometown they are not going to able to see that for a while yeah, the longer it goes on, you know, the more distant and the more people die, the more families that won't be reconnected. Right. Yeah, time is really important, you know, with that. Almost every year, uh, I think it's halted now, but almost every year they used to do this program with North Korea that a divided family can reunite oh. for a few days. That's nice. And, I mean, it's nice, but also not nice. So let's say you were 80 years old and you had a sister. And let's say the war broke out and the parents were like, take your sister, um, go to the town center or go with the neighbor so-and-so, just keep marching south and then I'll meet you somewhere three days later or something like that. Uh-huh. A lot of families had that. and So then they never met up again? And they never met up again. It could be your parents, your siblings. How could they know that 
it will go on for this long. You imagine like, okay, war happened. We're all fleeing the town, but let's meet up. Just, I have to find your dad. And then after I find your dad, we'll meet up, just follow your neighbor. Right. Or like mom takes a daughter and then the dad takes son and let's meet up. A lot of families were split. So what the government did in the recent years is that they select families. So you have to request. Okay. Um, and like in collaboration with North Korean government, right. South Korea, they look at the database and request and they match up families. So they set up hotel and there are a lot of journalists and all kinds of TV uh, cameras set up. And so you get to meet your split family. And a lot of times, you know, they're 80 years old, 90 year old. Right. And sometimes you don't know what they look like. Let's say you were like four years old. Yeah. How can you remember your parents, right? right? So you meet your parents. They said, this is your parents, but you really don't remember what they look like. Right. And, you know, it's just, you see this like, a, usually it's done, it's, it's for like three days or so. It's broadcast live on TV. And it's like a special, um, special live session so all the other programs including like korean dramas or whatever news regular news it's all paused during that period right it's like so, the election or something like that yeah special channel. coverage and it's nice but it's just so devastating and yeah. sad to watch it and um i think i saw a documentary that some of those families who met their north korean families they committed suicide because they couldn't get over that sadness after right. they met after they met and That's some horrible. some said they it gave them courage to live on, right. keep living. And so I think the reactions are very different, like it varies from families to families. But they don't do it anymore. You know, it really depends on the government, right? And the government's political stand and the relationship with the North Korea. But I don't think, I don't think they've done it in the past maybe five, ten years. I would say maybe ten years or so. So the current generation may have never seen that. Yeah, I mean, I think they, the current young generation, they probably heard about it. Or maybe they saw, maybe they remember when they were a kid, right? But it's not like something that happens every year when they can be reminded. No. Wow. And also, what's sad is like the South Korean families—they have so much they want to give to their North Korean families. A lot of times, they pack this and that, and they want to give this to you know, especially because North Koreans don't have enough to eat. Yeah. So they pack all these like nice stuff, but uh, apparently they can't bring that to North Korea. Right. So they can't bring anything into North Korea. They just have to meet at the meet. That's it. Yeah. You can have a snack while we meet. But yeah, exactly. They have like meals and all the arrangements while they're meeting and staying in the hotel, but they can't meet. And I also hear some sad stories like, you know, during the conversation, the families have some argument because North Korean families are so brainwashed at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, you have to be really careful what to say to your own families. Right. Just like my analogy, you know, the siblings just can't come together nope they can't so that issue of separated family as a nation is also covered in this movie and i feel like that's really what the movie is trying to say more than the political tension i mean political tension is it's a 
you know, it's a plot device almost, I think. Right. Really what they're talking about is, is one country. Right. So that's good. Did you, after watching this, did you feel like it gave you hope or made you think about the whole situation that there might be a way out or? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, what I think about is that, you know, my grand, my grandfather was an Air Force, so he participated in the war. And, you know, I always hear the stories and I like I even know some of the like songs they sang like in the military right because <laughs> I grew up singing like learning the songs so like I said like I'm very I feel like I'm I indirectly experienced the war yeah well it was a part of your life right because you you know you watched your grandfather he told you about it and you learned the stories and all that stuff right and all the he's like habits and stuff you know all of his a lot of his habits come from that time period it was right so when I watch this movie, I think about that, and you know, personally, I'm pro reunification person. Okay, so you want the country to be one again, right? I think that's better for Korea financially, emotionally. Um, I think it will bring stability. But I know that not everyone is agreeing to that idea. I think there are some Koreans that are saying like it's been too long, maybe. Right. You know, we don't necessarily have to be reunited. Right. As long as North Korea become friendly, maybe we can just become like yeah, just you know, two separate some countries. some kind of yeah. one country, but maybe two separate like you right. know certain arrangement. But I I like the idea of like being one country again. So. Huh. But yeah, we'll go into that. We'll go into that next week. Oh, we got a two-parter today, huh? Yeah, and because there's so much to cover, we haven't really gone into the details of the story. We have to talk about G-Dragon, Big Bang. G-Dragon. Oh, is he in this? Uh, You'll find out. Okay. We have to talk about G-Dragon. We also have to talk about Korean noodle, Korean food. Namyeon? That's into, no, better than ramen. And we also have to talk about how crazy North Korean soldiers are. <laughs> how feisty they are. Well, hopefully I'll have won the war with my sickness by then. Oh yeah, that's important. And then uh, we can have another good chat. Yeah, I'm anxious to learn more about the movie. Is this on Netflix? It is. Yay! And you're totally welcome to watch it before you come back to okay. the next episode. Good to know. Well, thanks for having me. Well, I hope you feel better, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. See you next week. Bye.